You're listening to Land of Icons, otherwise known as the main theme from Final Fantasy 16, released June 22nd, 2023, composed by Masayoshi Soken. BG Maniacs, welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, he is the co-host of Play on Arrival, a weekly video game forecast. It is Kyle. Gosh, Brian, it's good to be back, especially because I want to tell you about my new podcast about shower cleanliness. It's called Squeegee Mania. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a uh, it's new. Yeah. Only one episode. Okay, all right. Coming I'm gonna soon. have to uh, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. if you have a if you have a glass shower, um, maybe gotta check that squeegee. podcast out. Yeah, you gotta have a yeah, squeegee. You gotta you have to. Gotta keep it clean. Yeah, and you gotta know the technique. You gotta know the technique. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was a good one. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, man, this is going to be a fun episode. But before we get to it, real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and review. really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zanku. Oh, man, I have been dying to do this episode with you, man. I have finished the game we're talking about today. I actually finished it over a week ago. We are finally jumping into the soundtrack and our in-depth discussion on Square Enix's latest big Japanese role-playing game, Final Fantasy 16. 
Yeah, this has been a long time coming, man. You, we, we've uh, and the we've game's only been out talking. since June twenty second, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah we, but we've spared talking to each other about it too much because we knew we were going to do this episode. So yeah, there there have been some conversations you and I have had on the actual game itself since it's launched. But for the most part, it's been just like, where are you at? What are you doing? And just me giving you some helpful hints since, you know, I I did finish the game really quick. I actually finished this. It took me, it's not as long as people think it is. I will say that, right? The game is not as long as people think that it is because Square Enix themselves are saying like 70 plus hours to do like everything or you know see most of the content in the game and that's just maybe the case but i feel like the content they're talking about is potentially the second playthrough as well um right because i finished the game doing all and we'll talk about this the further end that we get to the episode but doing all the side missions the entire hunt board finding all the music scrolls pretty much exploring everywhere like i got the trophy for you know taking Clive to every area in the world and, you know, seeing 100% of the map, um, I did everything that I possibly could and that I was interested in, and I still finished it in less than 50 hours. So the game isn't nearly as long as people think that it is. Um, But I had an absolute freaking blast going through this, and I knew that I would. Obviously, it's Final Fantasy, so I knew, I absolutely knew that I was going to love this game. But I also knew that I was really going to enjoy it because it was the same team that is responsible for Final Fantasy XIV, which I think is probably right. the best MMO to come out since World of Warcraft, right? It's it, it's really the yeah, only I other juggernaut in the market. I think that's probably true, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think Final Fantasy XIV blows Final Fantasy XI away in terms of, like, Final Fantasy MMORPGs. Certainly. So I was excited when I found out that Naoki Yoshida was going to be the producer and the man behind this game. I was even more stoked when I found out that Masayoshi Soken was also going to be doing the soundtrack for this game as well. He's the guy that does the entire soundtrack, outside of a few, you know, tracks here and there for um, Final Fantasy XIV. I know Nobuo Uematsu has done some music on XIV as well. But by and large, Masayoshi Soken does the soundtrack for the entirety of Final Fantasy 14. So I was pumped to hear what he was going to do for 16 in a single player game. And just to to start off with, man, I will say that this soundtrack is probably, and I know you have a slightly different opinion because of a few games you play that I haven't yet. <laughs> I do. But this this game is by far my soundtrack of the year for 2023 through, through I, July. I, I, I don't want to throw any slight on this soundtrack. I have been thoroughly enjoying this soundtrack. It's been, it's been the soundtrack to a couple of gym sessions for me so far, uh, and I think that this soundtrack does a great service to the player in in getting you invested into the uh, time period and setting of this game. I think that the soundtrack is essential to this game for that reason. Um, like I said, it's probably not my game of the year soundtrack so far this year, but no, you're kind of partial to Cassette Beasts. Cassette Beasts and honestly Bramble the Mountain King. Uh, I've, I've got that one up really high as well. I fell in love with that soundtrack too. Uh, but this one probably Probably at a at a slick number three for me so far because I love what they're doing with it. Yeah, so I uh, I can't wait, and it makes me a little upset that Square Enix hasn't released the official soundtrack yet. It is coming later this month. I think they said it was going to be releasing either the third or the last week of July. Uh, they're putting out a I think it's like a six disc set 
Um, and it's it's going to be expensive. It's it's somewhere between sixty and eighty dollars. Like it is a it is a massive price That's tag. That's insane, yeah. And I'm scared because if they're selling it for that much, that probably lends me to think that they're not going to put it up on Spotify or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, it won't be on streaming services likely. So. Um, that's that's a little disappointing because man, would I really really like to own this soundtrack? It is absolutely phenomenal, and we're gonna obviously get more in depth on the soundtrack the further into the show that we get, talking about different things. But I feel like this is the best Final Fantasy soundtrack since the Nobuo Uematsu days in Final Fantasy. Um, oh yeah, Masayoshi Soken is is a, is a perfect guy to keep that sound and that feel going. I'm not super familiar with all of the Final Fantasy soundtracks. I'm not like the biggest Final Fantasy fan in the world, but like I said, I th- I think they did a stellar job with with I I know the the older Final Fantasy tune, and we'll talk about this more later. But the older yeah. Final Fantasy, the classic Final Fantasy songs, I'm very familiar with, and this is a this is a great homage to those days. I think. Did you play um, Mario Hoops three on three on the Nintendo DS? I don't think so. Apparently, Masayoshi Soken is the one that did the soundtrack for that game as well. That's kind of wow, cool. What a guy, man! What a yeah, what a cool. what a multi multi genre talent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sports games, high fantasy. But yeah, we're going to talk about that, especially some of the ties to older Final Fantasies, because to me, a lot of elements of Final Fantasy 16 remind me heavily of Final Fantasy 8. Okay. And I think that's why I fell in love with 16 as hard as I did, right? Dude, I fell hard on this game. Sure, like, sure. It's like, you know, you meet a girl for the first time and you're instantly in love and you're doing everything. Like, that was me with Final Fantasy 16. I fell hard right. on this game. And I could not put it down. I could not stop playing. And I honestly, once I got to the end, I was emotionally upset that I was done with the game. Like, I wanted more from these characters. I wanted more from this world. I wanted more just from this everything, man. I I really enjoyed 16. Definitely my favorite one um, in the modern Final Fantasy era. And I'm kind of thinking, like, the last decade. So 13, 14, and 15. 14 I love. But again, it's an MMO. Um, 13 was all right. 15 was all right. 16 is incredible. So I am really, really hoping that Final Fantasy is back to kind of where it was at in the late 90s with, you know, 7, 8, 9, and eventually 10. Um, Because I think all four of those games are great. Like, all four of those games are great. Um, And 16 is great. So I have a lot of positive things to say as we get through this episode. And we're going to kind of... Try to, because I want to talk about not only the music that we're listening to, but I also want to talk about the game itself. So the way I laid it out for us, and I kind of gave you a a peek at how I set this up, I want to talk about certain things after we listen to each block of music that kind of ties into the music that we just listened to. Um, And starting off, we kicked off the show by taking a listen. And I I will say I was able to find most of the, even though the official soundtrack hasn't been released yet, I was able to find whether it was through snippets of music that Square Enix has already officially released or more specifically, there is an in-game jukebox um, that you have access to in your hub that you can collect these like musical scrolls or orchestral scrolls or whatever you want to call them throughout the world. Most of them are hidden in chests, but... But there are a few that you get elsewhere as well um, through vendors and that kind of stuff. But those pieces of music are quite a bit what we're playing on the show today since the official soundtrack hasn't been released yet. There was a guy uploading videos to YouTube that he was ripping from the game, but Square Enix actually asked him to stop. 
Of um, course they did. Of they, course um, they did. They they told him he could leave up what he's already uploaded, and they're not going to you know take him down or whatever, or put in flags to take him down. But they asked him to stop because they're going to be releasing the soundtrack officially later this month. So we don't have complete access to every track that is in this game yet, but we do have a fantastic sample of the music. And we kicked off by taking a listen to Land of Icons, which is otherwise known as the main theme from Final Fantasy 16. And man, one of the things that I love about Masayoshi Soken is that he has really brought back the elements of leitmotif to this to the uh, to the Final Fantasy universe because there are so many callbacks and we'll get into this further into the show as well but there are so many callbacks to previous Final Fantasy tunes there are so many callbacks as you you know you first get introduced to a piece of music you'll hear it again later in this game reprised or remixed he is he is a phenomenal composer that really captures the essence of what made these soundtracks great 20 plus years ago yeah this this title screen is the it is the same same feeling that i get when a new zelda game comes out and you hear the zelda theme mixed into the tune again right and it's a new song it's a new tune but but you hear that melody placed into this new tune and you think there it is you know that's how we're that's how we're tying these pieces back into the this great canon of tons of music that has come out over the past few decades and that's immediately what happens with the title screen music here is you recognize that that progression of notes the do 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 all the way up and then back down you know yeah and and, so and you know that from oh yeah from final fantasy 1 i yeah. think if if yeah. i'm not mistaken no yeah and we've, literally 30 that, plus years ago yeah. yeah they've been using that tune over and over again but in different variations this one feels much more dark and brooding but it still has those key notes in that are the same as that original melody and it's well, a there's beautiful a reason. melody it's there's wonderful. a reason dude there's a yeah. reason it feels so dark and brooding yes. there's a reason and we're going to talk about that too um actually i think we'll be talking about that after the first block of music so what do you say we jump in and take a listen to our first three tracks can't wait all right so let's kick off This is actually the first outside of the title screen. The the track we're going to start off by taking a listen to is probably the first piece of music you hear in the game uh, because the game starts off with an epic icon battle between Ifrit and Phoenix. And, dude, it sets the stage for what's to come with these battles that we're going to be talking about a little bit later in the show. One of my favorite aspects about Final Fantasy XVI are these battles. So, let's take a listen to Away from Final Fantasy XVI. Again, this released on June 22nd, 2023, and it was composed by Masayoshi Soken.
Coming up next, we're going to take a listen to A Rose is a Rose from Final Fantasy 16, again released June 22nd, 2023, composed by Masayoshi Sokin. Last up in this block, we're going to take a listen to My Lady from Final Fantasy 16. Again, released June 22nd, 2023, composed by Masayoshi Sokin.
Coming back in, we are talking first about Away from Final Fantasy 16. Again, released June 22nd, 2023, and composed by Masayoshi Soken. Again, this is the first track that you hear in the actual game, um, in the actual battle with Ifrit and Phoenix. Now, how in depth should we get here? Because I do want to talk about the narrative in this game. Okay, so I I've not beat the game. However, I've started um, Act Two. You are in Act Two. Game. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm on so, a so you quest saw called... that where it tells you you know there's no going back at this point once you correct. Go there. Yeah, yeah, I'm on a I'm on a quest known as Home Sweet Home, which um, is the okay, first time I know you exactly. return yep. to the hideout. To the to yep, indeed. Yes. Okay. And it's and it's rather different uh, when you return. And uh, there's oh, so wait there's... a second. That means I can talk to you then about a character because you okay. That's perfect. Maybe. <laughs> I don't no. know, maybe. No, there is. The, it, no, okay. it, you, you will have seen this character by that point. Um, it, it's someone you saw initially yes, in yes, the yes. first I know, first I know moment. exactly yeah. what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard, it's hard to kind of dance around the subject matter of this because uh, there are twists and turns that happen along the course of this game. Uh, one of them, I think by this point, there's been two major plot revelations that have come out, right? Yes. Um, both having to deal with uh, this very battle. In fact, this Ifrit versus Phoenix Absolutely. battle. Absolutely. And um, one of them catching me a little bit by surprise, one of them not catching me by surprise at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of them I saw coming a thousand miles away, and that's okay. Uh, but but I think that this is, like you said, the first track that you really get a taste of what this game, what this game is going for just stylistically, right? Um, one of the things that we've talked about is that I don't want to say it's a disappointment, but I guess an unmet expectation that I had for this game is that it's it's almost hard to call this game an RPG, I think. It uh, really this, it really is like the next evolution of what a JRPG can be. Well, this is I mean, I it, this is more a a character focused action game. Oh yeah, I it's think, it's very, you know, action adventure than RPG. Even even yeah. like Uncharted God of War more so than a JRPG. Right, right. Yeah. I think I think RP, uh, God of War is a really good comparison to a game like this. Even even God of War I feel like had more open-ended RPG elements to it than maybe this does at times. That being said, this game and and this track away, I think is the first taste that you understand that this is a more tailored cinematic experience than we've gotten from any other Final Fantasy today. Yeah, which, you know, I'm not going to complain about. I do miss the days when some of these JRPGs used to have, you know, a plethora of cutscenes, you know, hours upon hours of cutscenes. There are still some that do it. Xenoblade has been really good about putting in, you know, a free ton of cutscenes in their game over the last few years. But um, we had like, what, somewhere around 10-ish hours of cutscenes, maybe even a bit more in Final Fantasy 16. And I'm going to tell you, man, they're all fantastic. Um, this is obviously a very cinematic piece, you know, very completely uh, grandiose orchestra with some choir elements mixed in. Um, and I think we can say, right, that the icons in the game, because I'm pretty sure this is knowledge that you can obtain from the actual trailers, the icons are your summits, right? And right. in traditional Final Fantasy games, you, you should know that there is usually, like, one character that has a summon for a certain being. In this game, they're called icons. So each icon is attached 
to one of the characters that we're playing as or interacting with in the world. And what ensues throughout the story is this really dark narrative. This is probably the darkest Final Fantasy that we've had. And I really like that aspect. A lot of people were comparing it to Game of Thrones. And really, dude, it is basically Game of Thrones, especially the further in you get. There is so much not to spoil anything and not to say who and where and what and why and how. But there is just a lot of death you're going to encounter in Final Fantasy. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you see some of that already early in the game. And um, yeah, Game of Thrones is kind of a strange comparison, but but it's not incorrect either. There's a lot of of war, um, like imperial strife and kingdoms battling each other. In fact, some one of the coolest, maybe the coolest cutscene I've seen so far is this massive battle that takes place between two armies on this on this front, and really reminds me quite a bit of some scenes straight out of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, uh, be- because of what happens during them. Uh, some of the but, political drama, like yes, between yes. different nations and houses like even some of the characters I feel like and I don't have a ton of experience with Game of Thrones I watched the first season and parts of the second before I stopped you're not missing much don't continue yeah that's what everyone has said it it is something I still might go back to at some point but I just don't know that I ever will but even a lot of the characters in Final Fantasy 16 like Benedicta remind me of certain characters from Game of Thrones right oh yeah Benedicta yeah definitely um there I mean there's a lot of kind of high fantasy trope that goes into the story of Final Fantasy 16 and and I don't mean that uh you know insultingly either there's there's a kingdom that has taken these oh gosh this this not not race or species but this class of people and has made them less right and even though this class of people is probably the more powerful of of the people right they are they have this kind of power given to them that nobody else has and yeah here here they call them bearers yeah right and and they're beholden to the whims of of the normies i guess you know the the unpowerful but but um really a kind of neat story about redemption and and stuff like that 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 i think is found like like i said in a lot of high fantasy you get stories about that tales of that and a in a in a story arc that will tug at the heartstrings at times because there is a lot of cruelty that goes into the way that certain you know powerful figures or you know the rich or whatever treat these bearers so it, yeah. it can get pretty emotional at times I, again, very dark story. Yeah, th- this song right here too, away uh, the first the first one of that bo- block that we just played reminds me a lot of Carl Orff's song from the 1930s, O Fortuna from Carmina Burana, right? When you pointed that out to me, I I, I could absolutely hear this. You hear it pretty quickly, yeah. and and I think I think not for uh, not by coincidence, maybe uh, O Fortuna is is it's part of a poem from like the 1300s, I think, that talks about the the battle of mortals and gods and your inevitable fate of what mortals and both mortals and gods meet at the you know at the end of the day right to yeah. ashes to ashes right and so that i think that there is a lot of similar themes from uh Carmina Burana and and O Fortuna and what's going on in Final Fantasy 16 with with what are essentially gods, right? Ifrit, 
Phoenix, uh, Odin. What's what's the, the Ram Ramja or whatever the lightning fellow's name is? Like I don't Ramu. know his name. Ramu, Ramu yeah. But yeah. it's like Ramush. It looks Russian. Uh, <laughs> but very similar yeah. themes, honestly. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and you're not wrong comparing them to gods. And that's actually a, a story arc that we probably won't get into because it will go too far into spoiler content. Um, but it's it's something that I absolutely want to discuss with you once you finish the game because it's a conversation that you and I have been kind of having recently about that kind of stuff. That oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we got I, into I think, a yeah. conversation about that, didn't we? I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and this game actually ties into that a little bit, uh, especially when you see how it actually ends. So um, I'm excited to talk to you about that with you eventually. Yeah, yeah. The middle track in that block we listen to is A Rose is a Rose from Final Fantasy 16. And this is the theme that plays in Rosaria, which is the home kingdom to the Rossfields, right? So in Final Fantasy 16, you are primarily playing as Clive. And Clive is the eldest son of the. Oh, what's his title in Rosaria? Is he the. Is he, is he the Archduke? Or is he. It must be. If it's the Grand Duchy, then it must be the Archduke, yeah. I can't remember what title they actually gave to. And I can't even, unfortunately, remember his dad's name at this point because yeah. um, he's it's not a, a small character part. That, yeah, <laughs> he definitely plays a small role in the early hours of the game. But what I like about how the game starts out, right, is that we just talked about you you get put into this insane battle with two icons that technically has not even happened yet when you first start playing because you play through that battle twice, really, um, once at the start and then once again when it actually should happen. But as you start out in Final Fantasy 16, you are several years in the past. Clive is still a teenager. His brother, jo- his brother Joshua, is the a young child. Yeah, a young child. He's the the icon of fire, right? So he was blessed by the phoenix, so to speak. And the story in in sixteen is that the kingdom of Rosaria, right? Every so often, there is a child that is born blessed by the phoenix that will, I guess, lead them to salvation or something like that. Um, and, and for whatever reason, Clive wasn't it. So Clive has a very different relationship with his family than, say, Joshua does. And more specifically with his mom, right? Like, yes. Uh, and I don't remember his mom's name either. I should, but I don't. Uh, but his mom does not really like him all that much. And whereas Joshua, she, you know, is very attached to. But you also live with your... It, it's not your sister, right? It is... Um, a character that becomes, and, and it's very, very obvious in the opening hours of Final Fantasy 16, becomes sort of a romantic story right, arc right. for Clive. And that is Jill, who is, she's, she's, she might be a duchess. I'm trying to remember her title as well. Uh, but she was from another kingdom. Something happened and she just came to live in Rosaria and stays with the Rossfields. But she's lived with them for quite some time, and they all think of her as as family. Um, Rosaria is, again, a kingdom. And I do think this only plays in the actual, like, town, kingdom area of Rosaria. Because each, you know, area has a ton of different places you can go to. We're going to play some of those tracks a little bit later on in the show. But I consider this a town theme because that's primarily what it is. And this reminds me, you compared Ifrit versus Phoenix, you know, that that away battle theme 
to Ofortuna. This reminds me heavily, especially with the trumpets and some of the uh, the brass instruments, to Stormwind City from World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. This one, um, you know, it, it you want to convey a feeling of, of grandiosity, right? In a in a city like this, you want it to be a backtrack of feeling like you are walking around one of the main ruling powers of its time, and that's. That's the entire point behind having, you know, like these kind of rolling drums that, brush, you know, and, and, and end in a, in a gong crash or something like that. And then these trumpets playing these long kind of heralding notes out of out of the background. It, it feels very regal and, and royal in that way. Uh, much like, like you said, Stormwind straight out of World of Warcraft has that feeling and it's supposed to. It's supposed to feel like the, the throne of the king. Yep, absolutely. And you really, really get that here. You really do. It comes across very strong. Stormwind City is still my favorite, probably, piece of music outside of maybe Arthas, My Son, and Invincible and World of Warcraft. I am I am a big fan of those three tracks. But this is probably my favorite, quote-unquote, town theme from Final Fantasy 16. And there are some really good ones as you go. There's some really the good kingdoms. ones, yeah. There's yeah, some there's some good really ones. good ones. But I think it's the, the elements that... Um, that ties so heavily into Stormwind that really draw me to this track. And I like that you are playing it at this time when this track first, you know, is introduced to you. You are playing as a younger version of Clive. You know, you have your dog with you who becomes a very pivotal point to the story. His name is Torgal. Um, he's pretty much your only other permanent party member. Right. Um, and I say party member loosely because you only ever really do play as Clive in this game, right? It's not like other Final Fantasy games where you have a party of characters that you are doing actions for or potentially controlling. You can only ever control Clive. Now, you can give commands to Torgal through battle, but you can only control Clive. Even when you have guest characters that join you, later on in the story because there will be times where characters will go on a mission with you or go on a main story or even a side mission with you you never control them you just control clive even in battle and it is all action you know battles so uh, we'll talk more about the battle system after our next block because all of our next pieces of music are battle themes but um this is like i said probably my favorite town theme in the game and i love again like i said that you get to play as the early version of these characters before something happens and uh time kind of catches up yes, so yeah. yeah so really cool track i think that there's again after after coming off of that first track with the with the Ifrit verse phoenix battle we get you know that it's paced really well where you start to get not just action but you get atmosphere, you get sentiment, and it and it kind of builds up all of these different areas that you're going to experience in this game. And I think really that's where, like we talked about, this being a kind of a cinematic story-driven experience rather yeah. than this massive role-playing, uh, you know, grandiose game this is a this is a very linear very focused game and so it's guiding you really cleverly i think and this probably goes back to the direction and and brilliance of of uh the game's director yoshi p right is yeah is, I mean, he's got a lot of experience knowing how to you know take a character from exactly. level one to whatever the level cap is in right. an mmorpg and right. a lot of people have said right a lot of final fantasy a lot of final fantasy fans have even stated that 14 has the best story of yeah. any Final Fantasy game. Yeah, they love it. Um, but, you know, you see the progression between these three tracks 
where there is there is action, there is ambiance, and there is sentiment, and that yeah. kind of plays a recurring cycle and theme throughout the the rest of the game. You'll notice that as you go through the game, you'll have you'll have big climactic battles, you'll have moments of peace and ambiance, and then you'll have moments of sorrow, grief, love deep emotion and it's it's the resolution of these three and how these how all three of those kind of interact with each other is is what i think makes this game really really good and and different than any other final fantasy game i've played yeah and that especially stands out there like you mentioned with that last track we listened to in that block officially titled my lady from final fantasy 16 again composed by masayoshi soken uh this was the first moment that i shed a tear in and i shed quite a few tears while playing final fantasy 16 it is a game that made me quite emotional at times just because again i fell so hard for the characters in the story and just absolutely loved my time with it um this is an absolutely heart-touching scene between young jill and young clive on the balcony of their home which is this massive castle um and it is at night right neither one of them can sleep there's the full moon shining in the sky above and it's the first point where you really feel like there's something more between these two than just being in the same quote-unquote family right right um jill as a character is is probably my favorite yeah no i don't want to say my favorite but one of my favorite characters in the game and and i loved jill yeah you learn pretty early that she plays kind of a pivotal emotional role in this story for clive specifically and in this uh, scene they start teasing right like we're kind of watching it as we we talk about it and there's a moment where clive goes to put his hand on her shoulder but he stops yeah they 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 start teasing that will they won't they right away yeah and 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 they know i mean they're not stupid right the developers the direction of this game they know what the people want to see they know we want romance so so you know they're they're gonna tease it and play it out as long as they can um and and that like you said that little moment right there where he goes to put his hand on her shoulder and stops there are multiple oh yeah kind of very very cleverly crafted human moments like that in this game where a character acts in a way that i i don't think i expected video game characters to act i mean they're acting very human very real and they're doing things that i i mean i'm impressed that they were able to accurately convey those those emotions and convictions in a video game agreed and i just love how this is not a super complex track it is you know a, a very beautiful piano piece that uh Masayoshi Silken composed for this again uh, uh, th- which is a staple to final fantasy games absolutely. i should mention absolutely solo piano pieces i i can't think of another series that regularly uses solo piano pieces as effectively and as regularly as final fantasy games do yeah and this particular scene when this track is playing and i think this is actually Sadly, outside of, I think it is part of your jukebox as well. No, it's not. Um, This is the only moment we really hear this track in its full form. There are elements of it throughout the, the game, like, again, reprised or soaked into other tracks that are dealing with Clive and Jill. But by and large, this is really the only chance we get to hear it in, in its full. And it's not even that long. It's only like a minute, 55 seconds or so, because uh, the scene doesn't last that long. But it's this particular scene that reminded me so much of Final Fantasy VIII between Renoa and Squall. And in, in particular, it's the, the ballroom waltz in, from Final Fantasy VIII. 
again, I have I know that has nothing to do with what's going on here, but it's just the way that the characters were presented to you and the chemistry between the two that reminded me so much of of Squall and Renoa from eight. And I also, you know, when when Jill sheds a tear when she's praying to the goddess or gods or whoever for um, Clive's safe return from this journey he's about to set off on that you could again tell there's something more in her heart for Clive than than she lets on. So I freaking love this piece, dude. And I will say the aspect between Clive and Jill was what made Final Fantasy 16 for me what it was. Um, Probably my favorite aspect of the narrative was the dynamic between those two. Sure. I, I, uh, you know, We'll, we'll get into this a little bit more later, too, as we talk about more characters. But there's a lot of really interesting relationships that go through in this game. Um, some that remind me quite a bit of the Final Fantasy 15 relationships and characters. So yeah. there's mm-hmm. there, there's some there's some very cool links to that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay, shall we jump to our second block here? We have some battle themes coming up. That This is going to be a very, very epic block we're about to get to here. No uh, no slow pieces in this one. <laughs> Good. Crank it up. <laughs> yeah, we're 11. about to crank it to 11 here for a bit. So let's go ahead and take it. Now, this is the only track, by the way, this one coming up here. The only one that I could not officially confirm the name of. So it is basically the, the the battle music, the the basic battle music that you hear often in the game. I don't know what it's called. We're just going to title it Battle Theme from Final Fantasy 16. Again, this released on June 22nd, 2023 and was composed by Masayoshi Soken.
Coming up next, we'll be taking a listen to No Risk, No Reward from Final Fantasy 16, again released June 22nd, 2023, composed by Masayoshi Soken. <laughs> Using this block out, let's go ahead and take a listen to To Sail Forbidden Seas from Final Fantasy 16. Again, this released on June 22nd, 2023, and it was composed, as everything on the episode today is, by Masayoshi Soken.
coming back in, we are first talking about Battle Theme from Final Fantasy 16, again released June 22nd, 2023, and composed by Masayoshi Soken. This is the, the basic battle music that you're going to hear pretty often, right? It's the one that generally kicks in whenever you jump into any type of battle. Yeah, um, is, your normal battles, field battles, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yep. that starts playing when you realize you got to start paying attention again. You, you, you've looked away from the screen for a second because the, the, uh, we should mention this game is chock full of cinematics and dialogue. And so Absolutely. It's, and so there's a lot in, in every now and then, you know, I'll be watching a cinematic and somebody will text me on the phone and then all of a sudden, bump, 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 bump. And I'm like, oh gosh, ah! <laughs> gotta put gotta my fight. phone down real quick. Yeah. You gotta fight. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 should, I should say too, the the snare drummer in this orchestra is doing a lot of heavy lifting for oh, a lot yeah, of these my tracks. God, dude. I mean, the the percussions and rhythm sections of this orchestra are doing a lot of of really really good work with that snare drum, just constantly driving that music forward. Nothing nothing feels much more battle heavy than snare drums, uh, gongs, cymbals, and then every now and then, I think it's in the fir- this this first track, the battle theme. Every now and then somebody hits a bell and it just goes ding and you're like oh my you know and it's it's so it's striking and and sharp but again fits perfectly for a battle theme oh yeah absolutely and another tie to final fantasy 8 there was a youtube comment that pointed out that this is basically an homage to don't be afraid which is the battle theme from final fantasy 8 that kind of starts out the same way like this one that dun, 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 how kind of how this one starts yeah. out is very similar to how the final fantasy 8's battle music starts out again so, it, there are so back, many ties yes to a absolutely. lot of to a lot of early jrpgs that feel that i mean think back to you know you go into a randomized battle in a pokemon game you know and and that and it's those hard beats that come in out of nowhere that that lets you know all right time to pay attention we're in a battle and this this feels like a grand orchestrated version of a lot of those early jrpg games without feeling outdated right this right. feels it, it it doesn't feel sloppy it doesn't feel like they're doing it just to do it they've truly got a respect and an understanding about what made so many of those early video game tracks so important and so key to our memories when, when we think about playing the early final fantasies or you know final fantasy four five and six for me and three all actually uh playing playing those games and playing the early pokemon games playing the the mana games and and the you know all of those games have that kind of motif to them this harkens back to that in a way that feels appropriate updated for today yeah i'm really hoping because i again i I feel like what masayoshi soken did with the soundtrack is, is such an incredible thing kind of paying tribute to all of those classic Final Fantasy games while keeping it modern. I do kind of hope he's the one to carry the mantle moving forward for Final Fantasy's music. Uh, He himself is only 48 years old, and I do want to kind of give him a shout out and and best wishes because, dude, this is how much of a fucking baller this guy is. So he revealed in May of 2021 during a Final Fantasy XIV digital fan festival that he had been receiving chemotherapy for cancer treatment throughout most of 2020. And thankfully the cancer is in remission but he composed a lot of work for final fantasy 14 and walker and probably even some early stuff for 16 while in the hospital that's 
actually insane. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane. Um, he's very dedicated. And I love his work, man. I think he is the right guy for the job now that Iwamatsu has basically retired. Right. I kind of was thinking, hmm, maybe they go Yoko Shimomura since she did Final Fantasy 15. And right. I loved Final Fantasy 15 soundtrack. But Yoko Shimomura has a very specific sound to her that is, is I, I kind of attribute to that Kingdom Hearts sound. Um, this is more Final Fantasy to me, so I'm really hoping that Soken is the one to get the call for 17 and beyond. Um, I, I think I would be very happy with that. Yeah. Now, I will say the combat in this game is not because you did mention, you know, Pokemon and going into the uh, the random battles. There are no random battles here. Everything you can see is kind of walking around very much modern RPG style on the yes. overworld, right? You can choose to battle or not. Uh, in the early hours of the game, probably for the first 20 hours or so, I was running around killing everything as I as I saw it. But once um, once I got my chocobo, I stopped doing that. <laughs> oh, I'm not I'm not on the chocobo yet, so I I haven't gotten my chocobo quite yet. Um, and I'm already you'll get not, it soon. Yeah, you'll get it I'm soon. Al- but I'm I will say, killing it. Helpful hint: you get the chocobo from a side mission. Okay. Okay. So um, make sure you do some of the side missions at least, because I've been I'm doing actually a few curious. Of the side missions, if yeah. if you ignored that particular mission. You would never... Damn, that would be crazy. Yeah, because you get that Chocobo from an actual side mission. Um, there is no main mission that points you that. Now, granted, there is a main mission that points you to that area where the side mission is. Um, but if you skip it, it, it is totally skippable to my knowledge. And that would be disappointing because that Chocobo really opens up a quick way to get around the um, some of the more expansive open areas in Final Fantasy 16, which after our next block, we'll talk about some of the world and the exploration and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I do like the, you know, the action battles here. Like, I, I don't, I like turn-based. I will say, I like turn-based battles, right? But I also am a big fan of the combat system that we see in Final Fantasy 16, which has become more common nowadays, even in Japanese games like Star Ocean or the Tales games. There really is only a few that have held out the turn-based, um, and they are great ones, by the way, Persona and The Legend of Heroes. This is a, a battle system, like you said, the, the more common it becomes, I think the more refined combat we're starting to see. Uh, this is a this is a really juggle-heavy combat as well, where you're trying to link different attacks and abilities together in order to kind of keep your opponents from striking back right uh yes. if they're bigger appointment uh bigger opponents they have this stagger system where once you get halfway through their bar you're able to kind of knock them down for just a second and then once you get all the way through that stagger bar they fall down and you get 10 seconds or so to wail on them at extra damage which is a very helpful addition to the game because some of these things are just hp sponges man uh, they really are some of them yeah. have massive health uh, pools and I usually in those moments, right, that's when I would save my big attacks because you get um, you do more damage when they're staggered. Yes, so yes. some of the like the bigger abilities that you're able to unlock through the icons as you get those, uh, I would save for when my enemies were staggered because sometimes, you know, it would take off huge chunks of their health. Mm-hmm. Which is very helpful. But linking those linking those attacks together in, in ways that does extra damage, especially to AoE groups of enemies, is a super satisfying way to play. And I think that they've thrown in a good amount of uh, different types of abilities to kind of test around with. I like the abilities that you get kind Me of too. standard anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, those ones, I think they 
this this game tries to do its best to ease you into it. It's not a difficult experience if you don't want it to be, and so I think it's given you kind of the best general abilities right up front. And then you can play around with different abilities if you want, you know, to be really flashy with it. You can learn different abilities, use the ability points to unlock certain things, and, and that's okay too. I think that's that's just fine if that's the way you want to play. But the abilities that it unlocks right off the bat for these these icon abilities, I, I think are just fine to stick with. And I think if you wanted to play yeah. with those the entire game, I think you'd probably be just fine. You could. Now I will say, and you know what, I'll save it. Let's first talk about the second track there in that block which yeah. is officially titled no risk no reward you first hear this track uh and kind of in the prologue you the first time you hear it is during a more appropriate like main boss fight you're you're taking out this marble and it kicks in and this is just so epic dude this reminds me heavily of some of the previous boss themes we've had in Final Fantasy. Very, again, very orchestral, very grand, very large sounding. Um, I was hoping this would not be a unique theme, and it isn't, right? You do hear this very often in some of the non-icon main boss fights. Like, say, for example, the Morble here, or a couple characters later on in the story, which I'm not going to get into because you're not there yet. Um, there are times when this track will kick in and every time it did, man, I was just so into it. It's such a great boss theme. Yep. Yeah. And, and again, uh, callbacks throughout some of the melodies and, and note structure here in the song to older final fantasy games. Um, uh, you know, it always feels like once the brass kicks in in the music of this soundtrack, things are getting taken very seriously. Once you hear those trumpets start, bah, 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 you know, like, yeah. then, you know, OK, now we're doing something that's actually pretty important. Uh, and it's no different with this this one. Uh, there's a lot of boss battles in this game. Not there a complaint, really are. man, because yeah, the boss battles end up having of boss battles. Yeah, some really unique mechanics between the battles. Uh, and it starts out with this Marvel one. You get this. You do this thing called cinematic clash. I cinematic think cinematic clash, clash and cinematic dodge. And cinematic yep. dodge and cinematic strike. I think is the other one. And yep. so they're they. Uh, I mean, they're glorified quick time events. I would say. Yeah. They are not 100%. punishing at all uh you no, they have give a you long plenty of time, time. Yes, to push the plenty button of time. what i find fascinating is and i've done this twice now i will on purpose push the wrong button because if you push the wrong button it doesn't end the event and you try again no, you you take there some damage a, there is a punish sequence and i yeah. like seeing what those look like and so if i've got enough health where i think i'm going to survive the punish i'll say let's see what happens you know let's give this guy a hand up and you get a really cool thing where now the enemy is beaten down on you so hard and they do they're doing somersaults high yep. fly dragon ball z flips throwing <laughs> you into a brick wall you're thinking what the oh my gosh you think it's game over and then your character rebounds and you get to go on with the fight I think that's a very, very cool mechanic that you can actually miss some of them and still get very neat animated sequences. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, this is actually the when the when this track, this mobile one that we're kind of seeing here, this is actually the first boss you encounter in the game. And it does give a good representation of how some of like bigger than life and larger than life. Some of these bosses will actually be. Um, it, it's so much fun. It's so cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, the last track in that block we just listened to is one of my favorite pieces of music in the entire soundtrack to Final Fantasy 16. 
we listened to To Sail Forbidden Seas, again composed by Masayoshi Soken. This is primarily the battle theme that will take place during most of the Icon battles, but it's not exclusively for the Icon battles. There are a few other moments where it will play. Seems like it plays in the most special boss fights, right? This is this is the uh, the plot driven boss fights. This is where you hear this. Yeah, yeah, and this is just so epic, dude, with the choir. Um, with the strings the way they kind of fade in and out. Mm -hmm. And then there is a moment in this track that starts out at the 2 minute and 15 second mark, basically, where the music drops out and it goes into this, like, cello or string. I don't know if it's a cello. It might be a violin, but it's definitely a stringed instrument where it's just so much slower and there's, like... A little bit of melancholy in there, but a little bit of hopefulness as well. Mm-hmm. And the way that it's timed out, right? Kicking in at the two minute, 15 second mark. Usually at that point in the fights, when you're going through, something is happening in that fight that actually makes that musical shift in yeah. this track make sense. sense. Yeah. Especially yeah. like the first time you hear this track is during the, the Benedicta fight. Um, that is relatively early on in the game. And there is a moment in that fight where something happens and you you get this musical shift. And we're going to talk about that after our next block because there is a lot of tracks that do dynamically change in the scope of what's happening in the game. Uh-huh. And I just think when, when game... Um, Kaichi Okabe and Nier is very good at doing oh, that as well. Yeah. You think back to like Nier Automata, how they had like dynamic versions of the same theme that would get bigger and add more instruments. But then when a battle was over, that would drop out and be more like calm and peaceful. Uh, some of the music in Final Fantasy 16 reminds me heavily of that style. This track being the first one that did so. I love that slowdown version. It's so dope. Yeah, pulls pulls that choral arrangement in again, that mostly men's choir arrangement. Again, kind of feels like that O Fortuna uh, mm-hmm. style, a little bit, yeah. uh, Carl Orff style, but it's um, but it's very um, heavy, and then and then lightens up into that, like you said, that kind of violin cello piece coming in and ties it all back together towards the end, where those two pieces kind of meet up again. The choir comes back in again towards the end, and it's this very very neat. I think that this is probably the one track that I would I would point to is like if you want to listen to a track from Final Fantasy 16 listen to this one this gives you such a wide breadth of the experience of what this game feels like all in I don't know how long the track is but maybe four and a half minutes you get just about everything that you're going to experience in this game you know sonically out of this track yeah yeah it's it's a freaking fantastic piece of music um, I was I was already in love with the soundtrack by the time this even was introduced, but as soon as I heard this, I fell even harder for the soundtrack, dude. It's 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 good. It's gonna be hard to beat this one for me in 2023. This would be the song that I would look forward to most if if there was a live tour for the Final Fantasy 16 soundtrack. I, imagine hearing this live and the and the, I would the love them to in. incorporate this into Distant Worlds or something like wow. that. Like Wouldn't that would that be. be incredible. Incredible. Wouldn't that be something? That would be incredible, actually, yeah. Uh, Distant Worlds is actually going to be in Cleveland, I think, in September. Uh, I'm not going this time. I, I was about to think. say, it sounds like you'll I be think... in Cleveland in September, but... I was going to say, I don't think I'm going. Justin actually is. Justin bought tickets. He'll be he'll be going to the show again. 
Uh, the last one I went to was the one in Pittsburgh probably five or six years ago. Um, but damn, I don't I don't know if they're going to have time to mix in the music to 16 already. But if I find out that they are, I might try to get some some secondhand tickets, maybe off the off the marketplace or something like that. But once I know that they are going to start incorporating music from 16 into Distant Worlds, I might have to go check out a show because I would love to hear this live if they choose to do it. <laughs> Be so sick, especially if they brought a choir in. It'd be so yeah. sick. Yeah, be so sick. All right, man. We got another block of music coming up, and this is going to be kind of a a more slower, chill block coming off of that more high action, intense block. We have some. Well, first of all, a, a touching piece of music that is as a character theme for the most part, but then we have two area themes as well that are are very well done. So let's go ahead and start out by taking a listen to Duty from Final Fantasy 16. This released again on June 22nd, 2023, and it was composed by Masayoshi Soken. Next up, let's go ahead and take a listen to Into the Mire, otherwise known as Stillwind, from Final Fantasy 16. Again, released June 22nd, 2023, composed by Masayoshi Soken.
Closing out this block, let's take a listen to Lovely, Dark, and Deep, otherwise known as The Great Wood from Final Fantasy XVI. Again, this released on June 22nd, 2023, and it was composed by Masayoshi Sokin. Coming back in, we are first talking about Duty from Final Fantasy 16, again released June 22nd, 2023, and composed by Masayoshi Soken. So this is primarily a character theme. This uh-huh. is the, you know, the person that uploaded the video to YouTube that we watched titled it Brotherhood. Uh, it, it is basically the theme between Clive and Joshua. And there was a YouTube comment that pointed out that elements of this track are actually from Away, the one that we listened to earlier on in the show, the one where we talked about the the icon battle between Ifrit and the Phoenix. This is a slowed down version of some of the elements that are in that track. And it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense in the overall for the, for the narrative. It does, yeah. And that's such a cool touch. Again, I love when composers do that and they call back and they have those lead motifs that call back to certain things. I absolutely love that. And again, this one is emotional, not as emotional for me as My Lady was earlier, you know, the Lunar Serenade track. 
but this is a very, very good piece of music that it, it almost fits Joshua more than it fits Clive. Right. And I absolutely love that. Yeah. It's it feels like this feels like Joshua's theme, I think, narratively to the to the overall game. This is the one that I would relate closely to Joshua, right? I would link to him as I as I link those two in my mind. Um, but also the harp in this one. Oof. Uh, chills man absolute feels, chills that that's a that's a, a, a an audio trigger f- from early final fantasy days again you know um, another callback is bringing in that harp it's it's hard to think of a of maybe any video game soundtrack that's used a harp as prolifically as as the final fantasy series has um but it's also such a such a tender instrument right it it feels so soft and so gentle uh there are no rock harps you know <laughs> there were there, uh, there, there's actually, an electric there, harp i know there I is know. There, there yeah is, there is yeah. but there are there are people that actually use harps in rock tracks that are actually sick as hell <laughs> that's true that's true there's there's a metal for everything as they say but yeah um, there really is but i'll have harp- to link you to a band uh melissa bonet one of the one of my favorite female singers right now she's primarily the lead vocalist for ad infinitum which i've sent a few tracks to you in the past yeah. she has a side project where one of the girls that's also in that band is a harp player and dude it's so sick <laughs> but linking it's this so linking this track i think mentally to joshua too you know he is he is the well what do they call it the dominant right is that yeah, the, he is, is the, that the he, yeah the dominant of the phoenix each of these characters that are associated with one of the icons they're called dominance yes right so uh even though it's fire right the phoenix is seen as a as a symbol of good and and rebirth what's well, a symbol of renewal. life right? right yeah absolutely yeah. rebirth yeah and, mm-hmm. whereas where and you know kind of crucial to the story is that there is a second fire icon which is the ifrit and that's what throws off the balance is having two fire icons there's not supposed to be two they're supposed to only be the phoenix and the harp is i think most traditionally associated with choral hymnal music related True. to to early you know cathedral hymns and christianity creation and that so, kind of yes, stuff yeah absolutely yeah. so linking linking the dominant of of the phoenix which celebrates life and rebirth and renewal to the harp i think was a was a wise stylistic choice there joshua really is the the personification the the embodiment of that in the story of final fantasy 16 and Joshua is such a good character. Man. Yeah, they did a really he's good job not making good him character. a annoying little boy. Annoying little know? kid. Yeah, he's yeah. such a good character. And you could tell, even at the age that he is, and without giving spoiler content away on the show, he had his head and his heart in the right spot. Right. And it's, that's really, really... He was beyond his years, right? Like physically and emotionally beyond his years, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I've got, uh, we've talked about it on uh, Max Level Plan Arrival, LDG, whatever, mm-hmm. multiple times. Uh, and I know I have on media files a thousand times. Stories about brothers uh, are are a touching theme for me, a, a touching story for me because I have three sons of my own. And and I I see that the brotherhood that they have with each other. My kids are fantastic friends with each other. That's not always true. That there are days that they fight. But my wife and I go through great lengths to make sure that my children 
love each other, that they respect each other and are kind to each other. We don't allow, you know, fighting and roughhousing and hitting in the way that becomes mean because we don't want them to become enemies. And in fact, there are times where, uh, you know, my wife or I will get mad at one of our children and we'll see the other one start to stand up for them and say, no, dad, no, this happened. Or no, dad, it was it was me. It was me, you know, in order to kind of spare their brothers the wrath of their parents, I guess. But we allow them to act as advocates for each other, because in in the real world, they're going to have to do that. That's what you need for each other. That's just the way society is now for each other. And I want them to do that. We allow them to do that. Uh, and that's you you never get any animosity in this relationship between uh, Clive and Joshua, even though there could be right. Like you said, Clive ends up kind of being the ugly stepchild of this family yeah. because he should have been the dominant. Theoretically, he should hate Joshua. Exactly. But that's but not doesn't. the story that they that they played for Final Fantasy. He's, he's Joshua's shield. Yeah. And I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad that Clive loves Joshua for who he is. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, my God. This part of the song we're listening to again right now when the. Uh... Yeah. It's good. I don't, I, I don't know what instrument that is that kicks in, but it is just, it is superb. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, the next track we listened to and the actual last two tracks in this block were area themes. So we started out by taking a listen to Into the Mire, which is the music that plays in the still wind area of Rosaria. And I loved the balance in this game between the more linear areas, right? That kind of felt like hallways kind of reminiscent of Final Fantasy 13. You know, there were elements and even story missions that you can't see a map because there's no open map. It's just kind of like a hallway that you follow with a couple different branching paths here and there, but they all eventually lead to the same location. Um, and, And those are very linear. But then there are also elements of the world map as you're exploring that are very open. And those open areas are all interconnected, right? Well, most of them are. At least the, the re, I should say the regions are connected, but the regions themselves are not connected to other regions. So like as you're going about, say, exploring Rosaria, right? You hit up Stillwind and then you go to other locations in that area later on. Well, eventually you could walk from, from one area to another because it's all one big open area. You're just kind of exploring it as you get introduced to it, or you could technically run around and find the whole thing if you wanted to. But eventually the game will point you to all of like the fast travel points. Um, And I really liked that, dude. I really liked the balance between the linear and the openness of Final Fantasy 16, because I've gone on record and stated over the last month and a half or so how burnt out I am on these massive open world games. My burnout officially started with Tears of the Kingdom. That game just had so much to do that I got overwhelmed. And I feel like I'm going to be overwhelmed, as I've mentioned previously, with Starfield when it comes out in September. But I'm, I'm glad because Final Fantasy 15 was primarily a massive open world game. So it was a breath of fresh air to me to not only see that this game wasn't just a big open world, it did have elements of linear, narrative-driven, paced gameplay, but also that there were areas that had different pieces of music as you got into them, like Stillwind. Yes. And kind of compared, like I mentioned earlier, right, to Kaichi Okabe and the Nier franchise, as you're walking about these areas... And you hear the music playing when a boss theme kicks in or a boss or a, a, not a boss, uh, just a battle kicks in. The the music gets a little bit more intense and will eventually slow back down as you exit combat. I just love that kind of stuff, man. It's so cool. 
And this particular track, I was telling you as we, we listened to it, is very, very Japanese. Yeah, this is the one that reminds me most of uh, Yokabe's work with the Nier Automata. It, there is a lot of Japanese influence in this track. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I know that you have a great fondness for. Uh, I really do. The, Nier the Japanese culture is, and and just the Japanese culture in general, dude. Like oh, I yeah. love that oh, style. Yeah, yeah. And I know you lived there for three years. Two years. Two I years? lived in Japan two for two years. Yeah. So I, I I've got a I've got a great love, and I, I there's a great many Japanese musicians that I'm very. Fond for those of. that don't know, Kyle is fluent in Japanese. I am. And uh, but this is this is a this is a nice track. I think that this is again creating atmosphere for these these moments. These, like you said, I, I guess you could call them hallways, and some of them aren't necessarily hallways. Some of them are actually quite a bit more open, and you can run around and explore a little bit and find find little bits of materials and treasure here and there. Treasure the to world. pick up, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the open areas of this game do serve mostly as transportation pieces between one massive cinematic moment and the next in my experience so far again not a bad thing i think that these down moments where you get to experience this world or what visteria or this i don't know what it's i can't remember what it's called visteria velis velis velisthia something velisthia velisthia i think it is Uh, and it's uh you get to kind of soak in this world that they've created because like we talked about earlier they've created a really intricate world here right outside of the characters i want more yeah i'm hoping there's either an expansion or a direct sequel to this i would love a final fantasy 16 or an anime or or an anime something yeah i just want more from this from this story right they've they've created such an intricate world with a lot of different pieces and these are these are the tracks that back you up as you get to explore that as you get to walk around through this world that they created and lovingly created right they're not massive wide open world areas but they don't need to be they, it also means that they're more uh, purposefully crafted. They are more they're more intentional in, in driving you to certain areas and characters and battles and missions. And that's OK, too. Uh, like you yeah. said, coming out of uh, Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom or whatever it is. And, and pretty soon to go into Starfield, this is a nice difference. And, and right after Starfield, by the way, I don't expect to finish Starfield within the, the course of a week or two. I'll also be jumping into <laughs> yeah. Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. So a couple weeks later, a couple yeah. weeks after. Yeah. So I'm going to be inundated with open world games. I'm, I, I am overall glad that Final Fantasy is not one of them and that we get this much more driven, intentional experience. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually takes us into our second area track that we listened to, the last track in that block, officially titled Lovely, Dark, and Deep, which is the music in the Greatwood area of Final Fantasy XVI, again composed by Masayoshi Soken. I, again, adore this. And I was telling you, this is actually the track that I have playing in my hub through the jukebox. I am a massive fan of the way this track sounds. Um, it is beyond gorgeous. And one of the the things that, you know, you'll hear this music a lot, especially if you do what I did, right? If you, if you set it out to tackle all of the side missions and clear the hunt board that eventually unlocks in your hub as well, you will hear these all the time because you're going to be going back to these areas that you've already visited to kill a a rare monster that only spawns once, right? These hunts only are there once. You can only kill them once. Once they're dead, they're dead. There's no refighting. Even though there's ways to go back and 
play through certain things that you've experienced in the game previously through that little um, stone tablet in your hub, right? You can go back and do boss battles and things like that that you've already done. Those hunts are unique. You can only do them once. And there's 32 or something like that in the game. I did all of them. Um, They're all spread out in all the different areas of the world map that you will explore. So you'll hear these tracks a lot. And obviously the side, there's a 70 plus side missions in this game. Did those all as well. Um, you will spend a lot of time hearing these tracks as you go about from area to area. And I'm very glad because all these tracks are really strong, especially this one here. You and I were talking as we listened to it. Uh, This is actually really, really strong. This was a cool area. And and again, I think the first time where the game opens up into kind of a bigger expansion too. Yes, Uh, absolutely. Stillwood is... Stillwood? Did I say? Is still, it still, st- this is the Great Wood. Great Wood. You combine the you combine the Still Wind and the Great still Wood. Wind. <laughs> still Wind. Shoot. Still Wind. Still Wind was what we just listened yeah. to. Now we're on Great Wood. Yeah. Still Wind is a much more narrow area. Uh, it is absolutely. But Great Wood, you actually start to see fragments of this world in a much in a much greater open space, and it's where you start to meet kind of more of the day-to-day inhabitants of this world which i think is a another place where this game really shines clive comes this from is a over of, in the kingdom of sen uh sen Brek, right like this is the the kingdom to the east of Rosario. correct right yeah right um they they could have done a better job with the map in this game of of kind of explaining the different nations and where they laid and you know allies and wars and whatever a little confusing else. at times yeah, yeah it, a little it confusing does get a little times. confusing as to where you are geographically I think uh, because the areas don't link because it's not an open world so you do get you do get kind of lost in the sauce there I think in the lore but uh, this you know as, Ooh, as very heavily reminds me now that you say that of um, Pokemon Arceus the way they did it the way they did that oh yeah that's a that's actually a pretty decent comparison you're right yeah mm-hmm. if only you could catch some of the weird creatures you see in this game and you <laughs> like rabid tigers and the weird little uh, plant creatures and all the different colored chocobos yeah blue chocobos and brown chocobos yeah they have they have some some cool looking chocobos in this game lots of spiders uh, indeed yeah lots of spiders <laughs> And I like that as you're exploring these areas, right, you are seeing remnants and artifacts and pieces of a civilization that existed previously. Kind of reminds me of a Xenoblade Chronicles. Very, very Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, You know, this is technically, by the way, by the way it happened, right? This is, see, in my head, and, and not to get too deep into spoiler content, I feel like this is tied somehow to a previous Final Fantasy game, whether it's eight, whether it's another one, I don't know. Oh, interesting. But I, but I feel like this is tied because you see elements of technology that don't exist in this world anymore that right, do right. exist, like airships and that kind of stuff, in other Final Fantasy games. So I know Velisthia has never been a continent or a world that we've explored before, but who's to say the the name didn't change when humanity or civilization sprung back up? And it's one of those things that I absolutely get into when it comes to sci-fi, and I love having conversations about that with you, because who's to say there wasn't another ancient civilization on Earth that existed tens of thousands or millions of years ago that we just have no record of anymore because all the artifacts are now dust. Like, it's totally possible. Yeah. Totally possible. 
And I love that they explore that theme here in this game. Yeah, um, this it feels this track has a lot of breathing room in it. The Great Wood track uh, has a lot of kind of notes will play and then rest for a measure. You know, it's just open and there's nothing playing over it. There's long string pulls at the as they kind of fade out and then the piano, you know, um, much in the way that I think Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild would give you very uh, ambient tracks. This is a a very Tears of the Kingdom track. You're right. Yeah, Yeah, the way that there's not a ton going on. Yeah, Very not ambient, going but it, on. It, it leads to wonder, right? It leads to exploration. It lets you take in kind of the softness and the beauty. And, and it should be said, I think this is the most beautiful game I've played in a long time. Uh, it's gorgeous. Uh, graphically. Graphically gorgeous. It shines in every aspect the character models the monsters the combat animations the cinematics the lighting the the everything just just pops in this game so well uh, Lindsay was watching me play and she just she mentioned it she goes this is beautiful i said i freaking know man they knocked <laughs> you were even saying like this is this is the game that makes you wonder what the hell ps5 and xbox series games are going to look like in five years at the end oh, of their yeah. life cycle yeah if if in four years four or five years they're making games so much better than this i can't believe what that'll look like because this one is just gorgeous this looks like a movie in many places and so uh you know these tracks like this that let you wonder and explore lend to that and actually let you breathe in you know this this geography that's been created yep absolutely well said all right man we're almost at the close we have one more block of tracks to listen to and before we close things out with our final thoughts on final fantasy 16 you ready to get into this last bit of uh, music here let's do it all right we're gonna start off by taking a listen to another excellent town theme the one you hear the most because uh you well if you choose to leave it playing but it, it will be the one that you hear the most often at least for the first section of the game because it is the music to your hub so let's go ahead and take a listen to hide hideaway from final fantasy 16 again this released on june 22nd 2023 and it was composed by masayoshi soken <laughs> Thank you. 
up next, let's take a listen to Under the Weight, the Titan Lost remix from Final Fantasy 16. Again, this released on June 22nd, 2023, and it was composed by Masayoshi Soken.
closing out this block before we close the episode out, let's take a listen to Find the Flame from Final Fantasy 16. Again, this released on June 22nd, 2023, and it was composed by Masayoshi Soken.
Coming back in, we are talking about Hide Hideaway from Final Fantasy 16, again released June 22nd, 2023, and composed, as everything on the episode today is, by the amazing Masayoshi Soken. Again, this is your, your hub music, right? At least the, the first version of your hub music. The hub music will change a few times throughout the story. Yeah. Um, primarily when something major happens in the narrative that, that switches the dynamic of the game. But this first version of the hideaway music is my favorite that acoustic guitar is so enchanting does it does it does this track remind you of any other tracks like not 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 from this soundtrack but does this give you a feeling of any other track (sighs) from a different soundtrack i want to see if you know what's in my brain right now you should maybe um, to me, I still get elements again uh, of near. Okay, I do get that. Okay, from okay. This track. No, you know what? I wasn't thinking near, but you're right with that acoustic guitar. That feels very yeah. near in many places. Yeah. Um, Kaichi Okabe is very good with that, but I don't know. Again, I knew that wasn't what you were thinking of, so no, I don't. I don't know. This feels like the original tavern theme from World of Warcraft to me. Uh, oh, you're right. Which which has been co-opted to the... Which uh, we have played on this show previously. Yeah, it's been co-opted into the Hearthstone theme. It has, and, yes. And they've got... And so and so it actually feels more like the Hearthstone theme song to me now, I think, just because yeah. that's what I associate it more with. But that's what this... With that acoustic guitar and kind of the... The, the drum, the you know, it feels very tavern, uh, very something that you would hear behind um, a crowd playing, right? A crowd softly talking and, and glasses clinking on tables. This is a track that I would use in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign as my party. Oh, yeah. As my How about party. that Dungeons and Dragons pop-up book, dude? Isn't that cool, man? Hey, I mean, you know what? <laughs> you haven't watched the movie yet, have you? I haven't, no. I'm watching it with my family in about two hours, so. Is it? Is it on a streaming service now? It's on Paramount Plus. Yeah, I actually saw it in theaters uh, and enjoyed okay. it quite I'll a bit. I'll actually check it out. I did on a Media Files the on The Mario it. movie coming to Paramount Plus soon too as well. Yeah, yeah. I did a Media Files on uh, Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Plus Among Thieves. Go, go ahead and uh, go watch, go listen to that and the backlogs of you the did. Media Files. I did one yeah. on Super Mario Brothers movie too. Go listen to that and the backlogs of the Media Files. But um, but this this reminds me of the Hearthstone. You missing doing that show yet? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I stay busy with Play on Arrival and then my more frequent appearances here on uh, BG Mania and all the other podcasts I've started recently. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sque- Squeegee Mania. Yeah, uh-huh. like Squeegee Mania. <laughs> oh, man. This is, again, I again, I would consider this a town theme once again because it is like your your hub and, and the, the hideaway is basically a town, right? And And eventually it becomes even more expansive than it starts out as. So I love walking around. Every time I finish a main mission, I always go back to the hideaway and look at the map to see, okay, like what's new? What, who can I talk to? What's changed? What can I actually interact with here? That's, that's new. Um, I always check the shop, right? Check the blacksmith to make sure there's nothing new I can make. I did make all legendary items in this game. I was wearing the legendary belt, gloves, and a legendary weapon by the end of the game, plus a legendary accessory as well. Um, there were The other accessories weren't anything spectacular. It was just stuff that increased certain things. But I will say, if you're struggling with this game, there are two difficulty options. There's story mode and, like, basic mode. I forget what the basic mode right. is called. Um, but the only difference, there's one difference between the modes, and it's not the difficulty of the game. The enemies are the same in both modes. The only difference is story mode starts you out with um, accessories equipped that make the game easier. 
Right. But if you t if you take them off and leave the game in story mode, the game just becomes action mode or normal mode or whatever. Like it's the accessories gotcha, okay. that actually make it easier. Well, and you so get you get if those you're struggling, accessories in, in the regular mode too. They're just yeah, not you do right. So it's either start out with them equipped or start out with them unequipped. It's kind of weird how they did it. Like nothing else in terms of strength or HP from what I could tell nothing else changes okay. okay so um a little bit of a weird approach but there are times right if you're struggling with say a boss fight or just struggling through an area throw on maybe the one that gives you the ability to dodge with a slowdown uh, window um I use that one from time to time there were there's another one that will um heal you if you get too low I never did use that one one that I actually found myself using often was the one that allowed you to just hit your attack button to do other abilities from your icons. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, I've not equipped any of those yet. Um, I would most... play around with that one. That one actually makes the combat a bit more intuitive because the way that it strings your abilities together actually makes sense. I feel like there's some sort of AI going on there. Okay. Okay. I'm sure there is. Uh, see, I haven't equipped it because I'm scared of AI, so. <laughs> it's taking over. <laughs> yeah, it's getting too scary, man. It really is. That middle track we listen to is a very nice throwback that fans of Final Fantasy XIV would instantly recognize. This is official. Well, I don't know what it's officially titled on the soundtrack. I'm calling it Under the Weight, the Titan Lost Remix, because this is basically Under the Weight from Final Fantasy XIV. Okay. which was the Titan battle theme in Final Fantasy XIV. And Titan is an icon that you will eventually, you know, encounter in Final Fantasy XVI, not telling you who's the dominant of Titan and how everything works out. But um, when this battle kicks in between Ifrit and Titan Lost, this is incredible, dude, and so different. And that's the main reason I included it on this episode, because it is the most unique and different piece of music that exists in the Final Fantasy 16 soundtrack. You know, it, it doesn't sound like Final Fantasy. It at doesn't. All. And and, and I like that. Listening through the playlist, I thought that my playlist had changed when this track came on. Yeah, you haven't even end. seen this and heard it in the game yet. Right, right. But You I, will soon. You will soon. Yeah. I, uh, I'm... I'm excited to get there. All of the, I'm assuming this is a this is an icon battle. Uh, it is because it's it better be. Uh, it's my favorite one in the game. Yeah, all of the icon battles are have been so great up to this point. They are so cool, so much fun to play through, and they did such a good job designing the icons. Ifrit in this game looks he looks like Godzilla. He's so terrifying looking. Uh, oh, yeah. They've done a freaking fantastic job of designing those and then having battles accompany them that actually are just uh, on on a totally next level. Absolutely. Yep. This is more, dude, this is so funky. This is more like hip hop. This reminds me a lot of like um, Jet Set Radio. Okay. And maybe even like some elements of modern Sonic music. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear that. Yeah. And that'll even make sense to you when you actually do this battle kind of how I'm kind of comparing those together. Okay. So, okay. Um, I, I think this might have been done for a reason. It, it's such a cool theme, like I said, very unique in the actual soundtrack to nothing else on the soundtrack sounds like this. At least nothing I heard. 
Um, I, like I said, I can't wait for the official soundtrack to get released. There is a very strong possibility I shell out the money just to, to own a copy of this soundtrack. I can't wait to listen to the entire thing and, and see if maybe there's anything that I didn't hear in game and missed. I don't think there is. Like I said, I did most everything that would have taken me to a new theme or a new area. Um, I'm very glad this existed in this game. And again, it, it's... It ties into Mashiyoshi Soken, right? Because Final Fantasy XIV really is his claim to fame. That's sure, his sure. baby in terms of soundtrack. So getting an element and a piece of that here in sixteen, I think is a nice touch. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, overall, I think that the work done on the soundtrack is, is going to go down as it, maybe not maybe not his open magnum opus, right? But this will go down as as a as a testament, it, you know, the a shining star on the on the resume of Soken because I mean track after track I think he nailed it perfectly and is able to juggle like I talked about at the beginning juggle so many different facets of this game really really well uh, that I think few other composers could probably do successfully yeah I absolutely 100% agree with you I really really do and I think that also can be seen with our last track we listened to in that block Find the Flame from Final Fantasy 16 again uh-huh. composed by Masayoshi Soken this, again, you haven't heard this yet in game. This is the final battle theme. Um, and and the way that this actual track kind of progresses from start to finish in the three minutes and 30 seconds that it lasts, it, it tells a story in and of itself if you really pay attention to the way the, the movements of the music kind of go. They bring the choir back. This is, again, without giving away who the final boss is, even though you probably already know, um... But I think that this is a very, very good final battle theme or final boss theme for Final Fantasy, which is a franchise that generally has very over-the-top, grand final battle themes. And I think this one does a very good job of that as well. This is the... There are there are melodies, there are elements of this song that are reprised from the remainder... From the from the entire... From so many songs we've heard previously. Part of the soundtrack, right? Yeah. This it's like a big melting the, pot of everything. Yeah. This is the reprise. This is the finale uh, that you would see in in a musical theater uh, soundtrack. You know, the, this is this is bringing back a lot of the old themes, some of the old choral arrangement, some of the old melodies to to bring all of the culmination that you've gone through up to this point to a climax. And uh, like I said, you see that in musical theater. You see it here, masterfully done. This is this is uh, a, a a classic kind of tentpole for for very very talented composers and you can you can you can see that Silken knows what he's doing with this absolutely man absolutely so I don't think it's fair for you to give a score to Final Fantasy 16 yet you haven't finished it right? I haven't and, finished I, and I yeah I, I wouldn't I wouldn't make you reviewer or score a game without having finished it because I think your score could potentially go up by the time you reach the end of the game yeah. But what I want to know now, you're in Act 2, which is, there's three acts in the game, so you're about a third of the way through in terms of the main story. Well, Act 3 is relatively shorter than the other two, correct? Act Act, act 2 is the longest, yes. Right. Act 3 is the, uh, probably on par with Act 1 in okay. terms of length. Um, so maybe a little shorter than Act 1, but it is definitely kind of like the culmination phase of the of the narrative. Act 2 is where all shit hits the fan and everything just goes wrong and right, you have right. so many moments. It's, it's the longest one. Um, where you're at now, what are you leaning towards in terms of like your overall thoughts and, and kind of like a score? But just, again, leaning toward, not official. This game... Uh, has has given me a lot of conflicted emotions. I mostly love everything that I've been 
that, that I've been experiencing so far. Um, I, I think it's oversimplified for the sake of telling the story that it wants to tell, which is awesome. The cinematic parts, awesome. But the gameplay becomes, I think, overly simplified. Like we talked about it, it's hard to call this an RPG, I think, in many ways. Even even the gear is attack and defense, or attack and HP. I mean, I mean, you, you've got like four stats you have to worry about, and it's just, true. it's just numbers for the gear. That's all it is, and so you're not trying to replace things with different effects or different abilities. Um, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a bare bones RPG and I think I wanted more out of that however the cinematic and, and story driven experience that I'm getting I'm incredibly clean, pleased with I would probably oh boy I'd probably put this right around a 9.0 um, and it, I would have higher said, than I thought you were going to give it actually I would have said 8.5 however okay. I think that the voice acting is that extra bump to 9.0 the voice acting okay. has been so good fair now me having finished the game and, and doing primarily everything that you know narrative and Story-wise, you could potentially see there's just a few things I didn't collect. Like, I didn't get everything in the game, but everything that had had story elements to it, I definitely did. Um, from start to finish, I don't think it's a 10. There were times when I was like, man, I'm really leaning toward a perfect 10. But I finally settled at a 9.5. Like, okay. that's kind of where I came in as my overall score, which is kind of in line with a lot of other reviews that exist for Final Fantasy 16. I think officially on Open Critic, it's sitting at an 89, which is still phenomenal. One of the most right, right. highest rated games of 2023 so far, sitting just under like Street Fighter 6 and Resident Evil 4 Remake and some things like and that. And tied with Dave Obviously, the Diver. Tears of the Kingdom. Tied with Dave the Diver. Um, but this is still one of the highest rated games of 2023, and I think it's rightfully deserved. This is definitely, you know, bringing Final Fantasy back to a lot of mainstream fans. Even casual fans are interested in this. Um, it's one that I think could help the series moving forward. I'm really excited to see what they do now once we finally find out what Final Fantasy 17 is going to be. I don't imagine we see anything announcement-wise for a few years on Final Fantasy 17, But I do think we see 17 sooner than we saw 16. 16 was impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. Right, right. Right? Like, because 15 came out in, like, 2015 or 2016 or something like that. F 15 had been out for seven or so years until we got 16. Right. Um, but two of those years were delayed work because of the pandemic. And theoretically, it, it seems like they've got two different teams working on Final Fantasy now. They do, yeah. So they do. So we could have a much more regular churnout of Final Fantasy games than we've seen previously. And that's that's all thanks to Yoshiki's work on Final Fantasy 14. 14. Yeah. Yeah, he he showed everybody that he knows how to do a Final Fantasy game to justice. Yep. So yep. I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, yeah, this is this was created business unit three or something like that which is not right, usually right, the right. team that does the, the mainline final fantasy games yeah so super cool man i'm excited to see what comes next and um i can't speak highly enough of this game it will definitely I, i'm a little disappointed that it might not get nominated for an official game of the year at the end of the year at jeff Keighley's game awards just because there is so many other massive games coming out this year like starfield tears of the kingdom i think already has probably locked down like we talked about this week on plan arrival yeah i Diablo think four of I'm course telling you, i think the only the only game that stands to rival starfield, tears of the kingdom yeah. at this point is starfield yeah but i do think games like armored core 6 fires of rubicon marvel spider-man 2 will likely get nominations potentially over final fantasy 16 but i would be overjoyed 
to see this get a nomination for Game of the Year at Kiwi's Game Awards. I do think it'll be up for RPG of the Year, but even that, I don't know if it wins compared to Diablo 4 and Baldur's Gate 3. Sure. Um, but th this will be for our end-of-year awards that we do at RPG Era over on Plan Arrival, because we're still going to do those. Um, for, for my pick, Final Fantasy 16 will be really high up, if not my number one. I know, I know it will. Yeah. I know it will yeah. be, yeah. So. Um, obviously we do have a closeout pick as well, but I'm not going to say anything about the closeout pick because the closeout pick we're, we're going to go with to, to end the show after we close it out here is the credits music or at least the first like 10th or 12th of the credits music because the credits last for like 40, 50 plus minutes in this game. Um, but this is the, the music that plays during like the final cut scene right. after the final boss, the, the track we just listened to, Find the Flame. And it's officially titled My Star, again, composed by Masayoshi Soken with vocals being done by Amanda Akin. I think this is gorgeous. And I love the, the actual lyrics that were written by Michael Christopher Koji Fox uh, for this particular track. I think it's really, really touching, very emotional, and you'll see how a lot of it plays in. If, even with the name of the track being My Star, once you get to hear it, this in-game and see kind of what's going on and see how it ties everything back together, the name of the track makes sense, the lyrics make sense. This is a gorgeous final piece to uh, to end the soundtrack to Final Fantasy 16. So I think it's the perfect way to close the show. I think so. All right. Well, unless you have anything else to say or promote, like I usually ask Bedros if he has anything to promote there at the end of the show. I doubt you do, but uh, anything to say or promote before we get out of here? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? Next time I'm on, I'll have a new podcast to promote. So wait, we'll wait for that. Uh, okay. Yeah. And and for those that, uh, you know, are, are more interested in hearing more Kyle, he will be back. You know, I don't like to give away and I still not going to but I never usually give away here on BG Mania if you listen to other shows I usually give hints or sometimes just flat out tell you but uh, here on BG Mania I never give a hint or any ideas as to what's coming up next in the schedule but Kyle you will be back with me next month for a bonus episode on on a game that you are very very excited about. I am yeah yeah this is gonna be a, this is gonna be way more fun for me than it is for you I think yeah now granted I'll, I'll really enjoy listening to the music and talking about it but you're gonna have to carry the the discussion on the gameplay because I won't really have played it <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> All right. Well, that is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week, then. We do want to thank you for staying with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow this show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of this episode, we're going to be taking a listen to My Star from Final Fantasy XVI, Again, released June 22nd, 2023, and composed once again as everything on the episode today was by Masayoshi Soken. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.
A sky of scattered tears, a thousand years apart. 